New ownership. After going all in on the Super Bowl in 2022, the Rams look lost. But thanks to GM, Les Snead, L.A. is back. The Rams have turned late-round picks in the NFL draft into weapons, coming home with standouts like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford will get a lot of credit for the team's surprise season. But after gutting that roster financially in order to secure a Lombardi trophy, that GM deserves his flowers, too. I'm Dan Patrick. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studio, with amazing slow-smoked wings and world-famous baby back ribs, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. KXNO minus the Miller. We will add with a Waldrop. Bama Bob. That music each and every week means it's time to talk college football with our man down south. He is Bama Bob, and he joins us here on a football Friday. Bama, as always, thank you for the time. How are things? Bowl season treating you well? It is so far. Um, you know, I'm, I'd say I'm a little, I'm up a little bit this so far. You All know, right. Not a lot of action today, but you know. So far, so good. Uh, you know, more to come, obviously. Yes. <laughs> the games get hopefully a little bit better. I mean, last night a disaster. Luckily, I was on the right side of that and didn't have to worry about sticking with South Florida and Syracuse. Uh, bowl season Saturday, I got off to a terrible start. Thank God for the FCS. And it did not go well for me. Every side just was the wrong one. A bad look. You know, we talked about you have to look at the opt-outs, right? You have to know right. what's happening in the landscape of these games. But even with that, it, there's still a part of it that you just don't know. I mean, we've seen teams that have had a ton of opt-outs. Take Ohio, for instance. Their quarterback's yeah. out. Their backup's out. they got a bunch of skilled guys out, a bunch of linemen that are out, and they just go out there and beat a Georgia, Georgia Southern team that have been playing well down the stretch. There's no rhyme or reason to this thing. There isn't. And then, you know, the what was it? The um, Oh, the game where uh, I can't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. The one where... Uh, they got out to a twenty-eight nothing lead and then lose. Oh yeah, the old uh, Dominion game. Month. Yeah, old Dominion. God, yeah. I'm thinking James Madison. I can't. I can't come up with old Dominion. But yeah, <laughs> I'm watching that game and boy, that quarterback for Western Kentucky. I mean, just he looked awful to start with, and uh, you know, you kind of felt bad for him because their their starter ops out, and then they put this true freshman in, and he he fumbles, he throws a pick six, and you're like, wow, okay, this is done. All you know, I'll be in front of family and friends in Charlotte, <laughs> um, but they. I still think there were more people there than at the the Panthers game the day before. Mm. Uh, but yikes. But yeah, um, you just don't know, and, and you don't know how these things are going to go. You don't know how the teams are going to you know, come out and prepare. And um, It looks like the Coastal Carolina coach had some nice preparation uh, on the beach <laughs> there. If you saw that, you know what I'm talking about. Shirtless. There, but, hanging out yeah, with the dance with, team. Uh, w- yeah, with the dance team in uh, bikinis. But, you know, other than that, it was, it was all good fun. But yeah. Um, you don't know, and you don't know what the crowd's going to be or the environment and and that kind of thing. And and I think a lot of these games are just really struggling, man, to to generate any kind of enthusiasm and uh, you know fan support and you know the local. I know the Birmingham Bowl is is here in town this weekend, and it's it's Duke and Troy. Troy's got a little bit of a local element, um, and but you know I just they're just I don't want to say they're meaningless because they're really not meaningless to the teams and the programs, but. I mean, I just wonder where they're going to go with these, you know, with these television contracts and how much they're going to really be able to generate. You just 
you look at some of the names now, and it's like, you know, the, was it roofingclaim.com? You're right. Bowl. And I'm like, come on. I mean, I just, I don't, their famous toastery bowl was the one we were just talking about. I've never heard of any of these. No. And, you know, and when they're not sponsors in two years, I won't remember that they were a sponsor. So I just think that the whole bowl season is, is teetering a little bit, and especially as we go next year toward the expanded playoff. I think it's going to even get, get a little bit worse. Tonight we get the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Right. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't know. Um, well, Bama, I get, you know, what I'd ahead. like to do is, yeah, we can bitch and moan about things and they aren't what they once were, and, and they're not. Right. That's not coming back. Nothing is. It's evolving, right. it's changing. Let's think of some solutions. What can be done? So I want to run this past you. I had this idea uh-huh. earlier this week because. Ken and I come in on Monday. We're as two big college football fans as you're going to find. You're right there in the same boat. Our listenership, we're very sports heavy here. Now, there isn't a whole mm-hmm. lot of pop culture and things like that. We talk sports. We love sports. We love college football. And we couldn't get into it over the weekend. I have not been able to pull myself in. This weekend, there isn't a whole lot either that gets me excited yeah. about watching college football, knowing that we're dwindling down and we're running out of precious few games left in this season. How do you fix this? Knowing that the 12-team playoff structure is probably going to hurt and impact this even more. I thought right. about a way maybe maybe you just do some mini-tournaments, right? you got to put prize money in it. The winning team, as we saw in the NBA in-season tournament, now you're not going to be able to put a half million dollars up there you know, for a traveling no. party of 60 players or anything like that, but ten grand, something like that, to the winner of these four-team mini-tournaments played in a bunch of the bowl destinations. And you have a team from the Big Ten, a team from the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12. You do one like that. Maybe you put two teams from each conference and, and almost make it like the old ACC Big Ten Challenge. Minnesota right. and Iowa are going down to Tampa, and they're taking on, I don't know, Ole Miss and South Carolina. The winners play in the championship. The losers, their season comes to an end. Do something like that. There has to be a better way. Is that something that you think would increase at least something for these bowl games and maybe leave people down there for a little bit more, generate a little bit more money for them, and ultimately more people watching on TV. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm listen, I'm all for pretty much anything other than where, the way we're going now. And again, I don't want to be the, the, the get off your yard, you know, grandpa here, mm-hmm. but it's like, it, it, it just, I mean, it is. I mean, the, you know, RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, that was Jacksonville State, a, a local team. I mean, I think those are the teams that are really going to get hurt in all this. And and you're right. I mean, listen, I'm all for uh, an ACC or, or uh, an SEC Big Ten type little mini tournament. I think, I mean, that's as good as anything I've heard because I don't think there really is a solution. Um, I just think that you're going to see fewer and fewer because there's going to be less and less money. The, you know, the TV ratings or, or lack thereof is what's going to drive it. Unless, and maybe, and this is, you know, we don't know the whole, you know, Florida State we don't know these these TV contracts. We've seen Florida State today yeah. trying to get out of theirs, but um, you know, boy, the, I guess the whole world just hates Florida State right now. <laughs> I mean, they just can't catch a break. Um, maybe there's something written into ESPN's. You know, they're getting a little. I don't know. They're getting a little bit of a discount to show all these other games. You know, for the rights to show the playoff. I don't really know, but I mean, you're. I don't know what the answer is, but you know the, these, you know the Arkansas, the Camellia Bowl, uh, you know Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. I mean, who's going to come to that? I mean, even you have to get local support, and when you're playing games in Las Vegas like you are today, 
with, uh, you know, Utah Northwestern, or, or I guess that's tomorrow, whatever. But, um, I mean, how many fans are really going to come? I mean, mm-hmm. that, locally, okay? If you get these, you know, Montgomery, Birmingham, maybe you have to move them to to cities that will support it. You try to, like the Sun Bowl has always generally been, you know, well-supported, no matter who plays out in El Paso. That's, that's one that's kind of had some support. Um, maybe you have to start looking at that as opposed to having it in Vegas and trying because with opt out and NIL and all this other stuff, I mean, it, you know, transfer portals and, and everything else, you just don't know who you're going to have to play. And I don't know if, if putting a little bit of money in it, like you said, is, is going to be enough to get, you know, big name players to, to wait to transfer until after, Hey, let's see if we win the 10 grand. Um, because you know they're getting they're getting nil deals anyway, and I'm not throwing water on what you said. I'm open for anything right now because I just think the way it's going, and you're exactly right. I mean, the only hope these bowl games really have, I think, for ratings is is the betting line. Right. I mean, yeah. and and you know now that betting is legal in the majority of the states except mine, um, <laughs> because it's a sin. Uh, you know, we're, we're just. You know, and I know you can track games on your phone and scores and all that type of thing, but I just think that that is that might be the only salvation that you know a, a game like Georgia Tech and UCF is going to get. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know the Gasparilla Bowl, um, you know uh, down in Tampa. I mean, you know UCF's kind of a local team, if you will, but I don't know. It, it's it's just it's it's changed so much. You know, sponsorship they're struggling for viewers are struggling for fans are struggling for and when you see these bowl games that are played with you know 5,000 people in a stadium they're they're you can tell they're avoiding showing the shot of the stadium yeah. basically you know um it, it it it's just not I don't know how it is viable going forward uh, because the localities and everything else are just going to continue to lose money on it and I just think it's going to go you know go away at some point I don't think the current model is sustainable I don't have a solution, and I'm all for yours. Let's give it a shot. It's better than the current structure, and certainly what it's going to morph into start next year with the 12-team playoff. Bama bouncing around a couple of different topics here. i got to get your thoughts on this. So Dominic Rayola, well, he Mm -hmm. was committed to Ohio State, and then he was committed to Georgia, and then his family moved to Georgia, and then uh, they went back home, if you will, to Nebraska, and now he is going to get his mail there. I posed this question to Ken earlier in the week, and here's a dirty little secret. Ken loves to play it down the middle. He's not a Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. He's not a, not a Cyclone. He is 50-50 right down the middle. He right. is a Husker. He likes Nebraska. I don't think there's any he doubt. In my, he's never come out and said it, but knowing <laughs> him for as long as he does. So I asked him this question. I said, what's more likely? Royola takes Nebraska to a double-widget win season, 10-2 and two or better, or... He gets his mail somewhere else during his collegiate career. And he said a double win, double digit win season. Hey, he's crazy. Yeah. He, he's got too much Nebraska Bobo in him. I think it is. Listen, all you got to do is look at this kid's high school career. He's played for what, three, maybe four high schools? Yeah. Three, I think it is. Yeah. He, I will be, I will go on record right now as saying he will not be a three year, he will not be at Nebraska for three years. I know he's got it in his blood, if you, you know, and, what he's got, as we saw today, is a pretty good NIL deal. Okay. With, right. And I don't even know who this is with Panini or whatever. I don't know how you say that, but, um, you know, the trading card thing. And I mean, look, he's a, he's a talent. There's no question, but he didn't want to state championship in high school. Um, anywhere he'd been, you know, mm-hmm. Texas or Arizona or Georgia or anywhere else. Um, and you know, that's not all on him because in high school, you really can't choose your teammates, that kind of thing. 
Uh, I know his dad was an you know was an All American at at Nebraska, and his uncle's the offensive line coach. I just don't think he's going to be there for three years. I mean, you just look at his history. Uh, now maybe he's there for two, um, but you know if, if it goes wrong or like you said, even if it goes right and he wins ten games, you know, is he going to be the next? If they don't make the playoff next year, is he going to be the next guy hopping to Ohio State or? You know, back to Georgia. Maybe he's burned those bridges. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, or some, you know, Alabama, somewhere, Auburn. You know, pick it. Um, he just kind of, and that's just the way of the world again. You know, the way this has changed in the in the with the NIL and the portal and everything else is it's it's you know Nick Saban was talking about that on the McAfee show. I mean, it's basically NFL free agency. It's the same equivalent is what is how they have to treat the portal. So I I don't. I will be surprised. I know he's got the family ties and everything else, and it's a nice story, and he said it's in his blood. And But, look, if there wasn't that big NIL deal on the table, I don't think he'd be there. So um, I'm sure that helped soften the blow of having to have, you know, live through winters in, in Lincoln, Nebraska versus, uh, you know, Athens, Georgia. But I just – I don't – I will be very surprised, and I would uh, – if I'm laying money, he, he will have he will have more than one address in his college career. I'm right there with you. I, I think that yeah. is uh, something that we're likely to see there. You're right. He's talented. But, yeah, some interesting things there, too, Bama, about kind of his high school career, the bouncing around right. and not being able to deliver a title. Hmm, something to be said. Yeah. Finally, you mentioned Florida State, Bama. we got a couple of games that we're going to opine on. But before that, the news that was bandied about yesterday, we see the Board of Trustees meeting today. The talk of north of $550 million is what the cost would be without, obviously, lawyers getting involved to make this a reality, don't they have to have a wink and a nudge that they have a landing spot, though? They're not going down here knowing that the SEC and Big Ten say, huh, thanks, no thanks, good luck in the Big 12. Yeah, I, this is it's so interesting. Listen, the first thing for them is, and I was kind of joking before, but it's like, I mean, they're not, I don't know how much favor they're doing themselves by suing a league like this to get out of it. And, you know, all the complaints, all you're hearing about them, and we can, it's a whole other argument whether it's justified or not, whether they should be in the playoff or not. You can make a case on both sides. I get it. So that was the focus for two weeks. Now it's the NIL. Oh, it's prohibited. I don't know that there was anybody – I don't think they signed that contract at gunpoint, okay, whenever they signed it. They've got legal counsel just like the ACC does. They reviewed it. Was it the best deal? Probably not. Were they happy with it? Probably not, but they signed it. Okay, and they, you know, there's penalties for it. Now, I think what's going to happen is, my guess is, you know, a, and I was just reading a little bit, a judge is going to rule in favor of the ACC. They'll go to mediation and they'll settle somewhere in the middle here, you know, 65, 70 million, whatever it turns out to be. But you're right, where are they going to go? And I've seen a couple of things that I've read is they're not doing themselves any favors here because, you know, it's, it's kind of like, are they going to be a problem child wherever they land? And I did see somebody, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I wish I'd have uh, bookmarked the article. But they said the SEC, uh, although it's not being said out loud, you know, the, the obvious choices seem to be Florida State and Clemson. Were they to add two more teams? Well, they're already in those states, right? I don't think Florida would be really happy adding Florida State, and they're just like probably, you know, A&M wanting, you know, over the moon with Texas coming to the SEC. The SEC might be looking more toward you know, North Carolina and Virginia as new markets, uh, and they're also contiguous states. You know, it's not like you're adding a team in you know Washington State to go to uh, you know play Michigan or anything like that. But I don't know that you would think they have to have an option. 
uh, like you said, kind of a wink and a nudge, but I don't know who that's going to be. I don't. I, is the Big Ten going to go to twenty? Uh, Greg Sankey's already said that you know the ACC is, or, I'm, the SEC is pretty happy with their sixteen as they should be right now. I mean, they're just printing money down here, and, and Oklahoma and Texas are just going to continue that mint. Uh, I I just don't I don't know that Florida State, you know, and I don't know that you can actually have that winked and you know a formal agreement. And anything that's not formal, you know, if they go through all this, all this money, uh, you know, and, and all this trouble, and they get out of this contract, they better have a place to land, and it better be in one of the the, the power two, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, because, like you said, the you know, and you know, the 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 SC, the uh, Big Twelve. I mean, that's not, you know, you're going to go out to you know to Utah and and Colorado and Texas and all these other places, you know, multiple times. You're, you're just losing any rivalry that you have. Uh, outside of uh, you know, including Miami and state, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, how that could plays out. But it, it just seems like there's nothing but complaining coming out of that school here in the last month, and I think it's just going to continue. That uh, it is foreseeable future. Yeah, I've, that's <laughs> yeah. The, the new reality, right? Obama of what we're going with and, and dealing with here. Uh, finally, one more topic. Want to get your thoughts on this? We see Cal uh, McCord; he's going to show up at Syracuse. Uh, a new Which coach. Is so weird, man. What is up with that? A guy that won eleven oh. games, an undefeated season until yeah. the end, uh, was one drive away from beating Michigan, and now he ends up at Syracuse. Yeah, that was odd. What does Ohio State have? I mean, do they do they have their own? Do they know it's Cam Ward? Are they gonna the young guy that was hurt this year that'll start the bowl game? Is it him? It feels like you're not kicking Cal McCord to the curb because he's not leaving to go to Syracuse. You're not kicking the curb no. unless you have an idea. What is their plan? What are the Buckeyes doing here? That's a great question. I mean, the, everything I've seen is so hard to keep up with all this. I mean, it's just flying around, and you know, you kind of have to choose your sources, I guess. But the last I saw is Ward visited Miami and FSU, and those are kind of the leading contenders, if you will. Um, will Howard, I thought, might have been a, an option for them. He's at USC. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys, I guess, in the portal, the Texas uh, kid that's transferred, but um, you know, it, it's just going to be. It sounds like unless war, unless they can somehow flip Ward from Miami or Florida State, then it's going to be an inexperienced guy under center. Because I mean, Devin Brown's the guy that's going to get the bowl game, and he's he's I guess mopped up a little bit this year. Um, I mean, they're going to. The good news is, I guess you're going to get to see him against live action in a bowl game. That's you know probably not going to be with all their stud receivers, but those guys likely aren't going to be back next year anyway. So it'll be a good audition if you will but other than that i mean they're gonna they've got you know true freshmen i think as backups and i mean i I don't know where they go but it's it's so weird for ohio state not to have a stud because you just go look at it uh you know you know the last few years anyway you know uh, justin fields and then uh cj stroud and before him you you had some guys that were, were nfl you know haskins and all these guys that were nfl talent um, and then, like you said, McCord just leaving. Uh, did they kick him out? Did he just decide he didn't want it anymore? Was the pressure too much? I don't know. And to land in a place like Syracuse was was just really curious for me. But uh, that's going to be a big problem, I think, for them next year. And they, I, I think they better hope they land Cam Ward. Or if they don't get him, they really better hope they got something in Devin Brown. I mean, Ryan Day's saying all the right things. He's got confidence, and he likes where they're at. He can't like where they're at right now. And it's just because of experience. And even if Brown turns out to be really good and they think he's the guy going forward, I mean, they're an injury away from having to play a true freshman. So it's just, it's so odd for a team, a 
brand like Ohio State just not to have anything proven at the quarterback position. Um, although, you know, was Jalen Milrow really proven this year? And, <laughs> you know, it can happen. Sure. Uh, and you can improve during the year. But uh, I can tell you right now, if Milrow was, you know, got hurt, then Alabama wouldn't be in the playoff. But it's just so weird for a program like that to have to be so thin at the most important position. Bama finally uh, a couple of games. We kick things off with the Armed Forces Bowl. Air Force is involved. Great start. Wheels fell off. Injury to the quarterback definitely hurt them against James Madison that begged and pleaded to get into a bowl game. Here they are, and their coach is at Indiana. they got 11 guys in the portal already, though their quarterback says he's going to play. Good luck with this one. Try to figure this thing out. But I'm at least intrigued by this game. Yeah, I am too a little bit, and you're right. Air Force, I mean, you know what you're going to get to. I looked up their stats, and, you know, I, they, they have a little over 1,100 yards passing for the season. Okay? And that's what, like. a 12 game? Yeah, it is. I mean, well, but theirs is by design, not by talent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's just one of those where you, you know what you're going to get from them. And you're right, James Madison, you feel bad for them. They, they really wanted to get in the bowl game, and now what are they going to, what are they going to put on the field? Who's going to coach them? Um, you, you know, normally I would say, you know, full strength, I'd, I'd put James Madison, you know, I'd have money all over them. They're still a two-point favorite. But, you know, Air Force, can they stop it? And, again, what are these kids? I guess the good thing is maybe the kids that are there really want to be there. Okay, so maybe they're going to, excuse me, maybe they're going to come out and play hard and, and, and really want to be, you know, in Fort Worth, Texas for this game. And they're happy to be there and happy to be in a bowl. But uh, four straight for Air Force, I mean, the wheels, like you said, is kind of, literally fell off and um i don't know i can't pick this one it's so hard i mean maybe you go with a total or something uh you know it's sitting right now at, at 40 i mean that seems pretty low but then again what are these two teams gonna have for off if mcleod plays for james madison I, I think i really i would probably lean that way just because of experience in the season that he's had if he somehow doesn't play then it's just a complete toss-up utah kyle whittingham great in bowl games He's got mm-hmm. a bunch of guys in the portal. Against Northwestern, happy to be there. They're the second-best team in an awful division, the Big Ten West. You got to look on this one. Six and a half, the number. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, you. I mean, Northwestern's just had, I, I think Braun should be in really in the running for a coach of the year. And they won two of their last, they won three straight to get eligible, and two of those were on the road. So, you know, against was at Wisconsin and at Illinois. And those were just really close games, big wins to get them bowl eligible. So you really like where this team is. I think they're pretty much at full strength from what I've seen. Not overly talented, but like you said, happy to be there, excited to be there. It's another game. They're not going to have a lot of fans in Las Vegas rooting for them. And I'm not sure how many Utah will have it. Probably a lot more. Um, you know, Cam Rising, I guess, he's going to be back. He'll be 35 next year, I think. What is this, his seventh season of college football? I mean, come on, dude. Get on with your life, man. But he won't be at the ball game. Uh, and they've just struggled at the quarterback spot all year, Utah has. But Whittingham, man, somehow, I just think somehow, someway, he's going to get whoever's out there. He's going to get them ready to play. He knows who it's going to be. They'll try to be physical. I think they're probably more physical than Northwestern. I like Utah to cover. I think they'll have, you know, 80% of whatever fans are in the stadium will be wearing red. So I would go with the youth, although – I would almost be rooting against myself because I really love this story for Northwestern. I mean, it is just a fantastic story from where they were with all the Fitzgerald stuff at the beginning of the year. You thought, man, if this team wins two games, it'll be a miracle. And here they are, 7-5, and five, 
and go into a bowl, and deservedly so. Bama, out of time. Appreciate it. As always, we'll talk again next week. And by that time, we'll have some good bowl games, including coming up and uh, recapping maybe Arizona-Oklahoma, probably the most highly anticipated non-power game that'll be out there. Bama, we'll talk to you again next week. I uh, look forward to it, and uh, happy holidays to you and everybody listening, uh, and thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. That's Bama Bob. He joins us each and every Friday during the course of the football season. Always fun talking with Bama. He'll be back with us next week. We take a quick time out. When we continue, we get into the Hawkeyes, Hawkeye football and basketball with Tom Kaker from HawkeyeReport.com. He joins us next. Take it up until 1 o'clock. It's Miller and Condon on 106.0. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three to you by Pfizer. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800- Your side. Tutty's Tavern at 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines is now open and under new ownership. Featuring 50 beers on tap with a huge local selection. Tutty's Tavern is the upscale sports bar you've been looking for. With great steaks, lobster tails, sandwiches, burgers, and an oyster bar with oysters five different ways. Score a touchdown at Tutty's Tavern. 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines under new Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... For details. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515-225-225. 8866 for a free estimate or go online. Let's talk Hawks. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO minus the Miller. He'll be back with us here in about 15 minutes, though, as we will get his weekly picks. Ken Red Hot on the season. I'm making a living, making money on the season, over 55%, but not close to Ken's 67% against the spread on the season. One guy that knows nothing about that, Tom Kakert of HawkeyeReport.com. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Thomas, how are Ken. you? <laughs> Ken is on fire. 52-26 and 26 against the number on the year. Five picks a week through the course of football season. 
I don't think I can catch him. I'm nine games back. I'm okay, but nothing compared to that. That number's ridiculous. Man, should be tailing him all the time. Well, we also should put in the caveat: the last uh, four of the three of the last four seasons, he's finished under 500. So, put that in there too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey! but if he's on a heater, you just ride with it. That's right. Until it slows down, we will uh, get his picks coming up here in about 15 minutes. Tom, we get into the Hawkeyes right now, and yeah. let's start with the week that was. Huge week for you guys over at On3 and HawkeyeReport.com with recruiting. But before that, you get the first meeting with Kirk. You hear from him, talk about the OC search. Then he comes into the press conference on signing day, says, no, you media, you got it all wrong. It just struck me as incredibly odd. Fill me in. I wa- I listened to it. I watched it. I read the transcript. It just struck me as weird. Yeah, it was one of those, like, me thinks he doth protest too much uh, yeah, yeah. about uh, who we all drew the conclusion to uh, uh, and as far as the, the who he was directing one of his comments at. I mean, he clearly called out. USC, and I wonder if that had something to do with maybe they were, uh, um, maybe he tried to throw a bunch of money at Phil Parker to get uh-huh. um, get him to come out to SoCal, and maybe that kind of ticked him off a little bit. That, that's just my my spidey sense uh-huh. kind of went off on that one. So I uh, wonder if, if uh, that, that shade was thrown um, with that in mind. Uh, so anyway, it, it it just struck me as, is odd given Kirk is usually so measured and careful about not calling out anybody else. And he clearly called out two, two different programs. One of them very clearly was USC. And the other one I still think was Scott Frost, but he'll, he'll protest. Maybe he'll share with us who he was really talking about. Mm, We will wait on that one. Make your way down to Florida and get ready for the bowl game against Tennessee coming up next week. uh, A bowl game that, not a whole lot of buzz out there. Tom, you used to do you know, the charter trips and the things like that. I think the university yeah. finally went back to one this year, but not what it once was. What do you anticipate fan-wise you, you're going to get down there? There's plenty of people in the Florida, people that make it a vacation, but just not what it is, and, and that's bowl games. This is not an Iowa problem. This is across the board. Yeah, it, it is, and it's just, you know, when you go to the same places, kind of continually it's just hard to get people excited you know i think the only thing that excites iowa fans right now would be like a college football playoff or um a rose bowl then you can sell some charters uh but other than that it's hard to sell a whole lot of interest in uh, and i'm kind of curious how many hawk fans are going to go down to orlando this year because i haven't heard about a ton of people or just telling me, hey, we're going to be down in Orlando. Uh, let's get a beer or something. Mm-hmm. I would just not not heard that at, at all, really. Uh, so I wonder if a lot of people are just going to be sitting it out and you know maybe maybe saving some of their their money to follow the Iowa women maybe to a Final Four again this year. Uh-huh. We'll see about that too. Absolutely, in Cleveland this year, made the trip down with my daughter to Dallas, and my sister lives in Cleveland, so that'll make things a little bit easier if that happens, yeah. at least us in the pocketbook and making it up there, but I think you're exactly right. Doesn't like think there's going to be following the men's team to the NCAA tournament. Let's go there next. Uh, did what you're supposed sure. to these last two games. Um, Tony Perkins has played pretty good at the point, better than I anticipated, but it's against Florida A&M and uh, whatever the garbage team they they played earlier this week, we won't know anything UMBC. until they play Wisconsin. Yeah, UMBC, the old uh, sixteen killer from back in the day six years ago. 
that being said, I, there's wins to be had in the Big Ten, but there's not going to be a whole lot of quad ones in there. There's not going to be a ton to help the resume. Oh. This very well could be the year with what REI will happen. I think a minimum, they got to get to 11 and 9 just to even be sniffing the bubble, maybe even 12 and 8 because of what happened in the non conference. Is that crazy? That's it's not crazy, and they're they're already sitting in an zero and two hole. Yep. So now that makes it even more challenging that you know you got to go eleven and seven just to get <laughs> to the eleven and nine now the rest of the way, and that's that's not going to be easy. And you know that's something I think we talked about last week. Where just the, there's just not going to be a lot of quality wins mm-hmm. unless you can knock off Purdue, maybe Illinois is a quad one win. Yeah. Uh, you know, depending on where you're. Where you at? If you go on the road and win, um, it's you get more quad one wins, but it, it's just going to be hard um, to to do that because you know in the past, even if you get some some home wins against some some pretty good teams, those would be quad one wins, and there's just not going to be many of those this year. So, challenge uh, ahead for for Iowa, although. Maybe they got a little help that that Seton Hall win looks a little bit better right. now after the uh, Seton Hall beats UConn, who has beaten everybody by double figures, uh, no matter in their non-con schedule. So maybe that looks that one looks a little bit better, um, you know, in retrospect. But still, uh, they got to find some, they got to get some momentum. You know, last year they started off so sluggish, uh, and then. Caught, you know, and then lost Eastern Illinois. Right. <laughs> I buried them then. And, yeah, and then they won seven of their next nine games in, in conference play, and um, and that spurred them on to the NCAA tournament. Got there. Found a way, but they also had Chris Murray. There's no Chris Murray on this team. No Chris Murray. I, I like Evan Bronze. I think he can give them more. I want to see DeSante yeah. Bowen get a full-time role. If this thing does go south, and of course your guys there from the Quad Cities and Owen Freeman, who's already Brock. becoming a star, and Brock and Harding, Brock. will Fran get to the point if this thing continues to crater? They're sitting there, and you know they're five, six, seven games under five hundred in the Big Ten. Where all right, it's t- the time is now. Let's putting Harding out there in a starting role. Could you see him doing that come the middle of February? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I I do see the the increased role for Brock and. Um, again, it's Maryland, Baltimore County. It's more day and M. So let's you know right. before we uh, before we uh, um, you know hang up uh, you know to retire his jersey and everything. <laughs> uh, let's, let's slow the roll a little bit. Uh, and I, I say that as you know, we jokingly refer to our podcast as the Brock Harding Podcast. So right. um, you know, it's just, I, but he's given them some toughness, and I think this team needs some toughness. I think they need some grit, and I think they need. He brings something to the table that that really helps them, and he's a guy who who gets people the ball. I mean, that's the other thing. I think they've got enough guys that can score. The, my biggest concern with this team coming into the year, I and Fran talked about it, and I thought it was true too that this would be a pretty good shooting team from the outside, and they have not been a good shooting team no. from the outside. They just have not, and it's been a struggle. Even the other night. They only made 10, 10 threes. I mean, they've got to hit. That's a that's against Maryland, Baltimore County, and they didn't shoot it for well from percentage standpoint either. They've got to hit ten to twelve threes in Big Ten night if they're going to beat some of these. And now I'm concerned that that's not going to happen. If it's sitting at 
six or seven threes a game like it has been for most of the non-con schedule, that's a bad sign. They're going to have a tough time winning basketball games. Tom, Merry Christmas to you and yours, your whole family, yeah. and a departure then to Orlando. When do you make your way down to Florida? Uh, leaving the night of the 26th out of uh, beautiful St. Louis with my, uh, you know, we'll be down with my in-laws for a few days. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to getting down to uh, Orlando, although the weather doesn't look great. Oh, I mean, it's like 60s. I, I can't... 60s and some rain. I'm not. I'm not thrilled about this. It sounds like the uh, what the the Orange Bowl, the coldest on record that we were down years ago. That was not very uh, fun either. That was not pleasant either. No, I had to go into the ocean in my jeans. Yeah, that's how cold yeah. it was. It was chilly, no doubt. Hey, Tom, we'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com joining us each and every Friday on Miller and Condon. Ken. Stops by next. On the road, we will find out where in the continental U.S. is Ken Miller as he makes his way to his California trip for the month. Where is he? And what kind of picks does he have? 52 and 26 against the spread. I am 43, 35 and 2, making money. Not as much as Ken Miller. Picks presented by Circus Sports Next. It's Miller and Condon. BoostMobile.com slash BoostMiss for details. Football Friday picks from Miller and Condon on KXNO. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Sports betting the way it should be with Circus Sports Iowa. Here we go. Time for our Football Friday picks. Welcome back, Miller and Condon on KXNO. Trent Condon here. Ken Miller somewhere. Making his way across the great land of ours as he checks in from the road. Ken Miller. What's happening, partner? Happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year! How are you? <laughs> well, how are you? I think I'm fine. You know, I, I'm I'm doing the Christmas thing, getting ready. You're making your way across the country in a huge vehicle, much bigger than you're used to driving. You got a dog there. You got a wife with you. You're going all the way out to California. How far have you made it? Uh, we're about oh, 50 miles east of Amarillo, Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, made it to Oklahoma City last night. Amarillo, Texas today, and into Albuquerque. Um, it's, it's sunny. It's the, the, the interstate's fine. Uh, there's a lot of dead coyotes on the side of the road. So that gives you an idea of what part of the country I'm in. Uh-huh. But, um, Jet's doing great. I had no idea that my wife apparently taught driver's ed at some point mm. in life because I've learned a lot so far. Yes. About how I'm driving. It's funny. Uh, Tara has done the exact same thing apparently. And I didn't know it either, but they're really yeah, good over there. Boring. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I, the, the critiques are coming fast and furious, but uh, uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been uh, it's been it's been okay. Now we're still only not quite halfway there yet, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I'll be glad when we get there. Understandable. Well, let's get into your picks here. You're coming off your first losing week in a long, long time. Yeah, still sixty-seven percent on the year, fifty-two and twenty-six on the season. Two college, two pro, and your best bet of the week. So I didn't uh, include Clemson and Kentucky, which next Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning. And I hope to be able to use that next week. So I'll do a couple of games. You're going to have to help me with the point spread. Uh, I do like Utah. Uh, they're taking on Northwestern. We both saw enough of Northwestern. Look, I love the story. I'm glad that they found their way to full eligibility. Uh, Utah did not have a good season. But I think that Whittingham will have this team ready to go one more time. Sure, Northwestern wants to be there. I hope Utah does. I'll take Utah uh, for pick number uh, pick number one. I'm going to take Arizona. One of 
for my second college play. They're taking on Oklahoma. I know the Wildcats, uh, they're starving to get back to postseason. They did it this year. Again, one of the best stories in college football. Nobody saw Arizona, the success that they're having coming. I'll take the points. I'm not sure what it was. I think there's about a field goal, three and a half. At least it will. Uh, that's pick number two. The college game, uh, Cincinnati uh, and Pittsburgh, I thought that the games just circled at the beginning of the year. I thought that obviously we'd have Joe Burrow going up against Pickett. Who knows what's on the line? Uh, neither of those quarterbacks are going to play. But Browning's been really good. Cincinnati is still mathematically alive. I'll take Cincinnati uh, for my first NFL pick. Likewise, I'm going to take the Vikings' second pick in here. Vikings, they need this win. They really do. They're going to play Detroit at least twice in the next three weeks, maybe three times in the next four weeks. Uh, but uh, I'll take the Vikings to get back in the win column. That one had to sting last week. I thought they let it get away in Cincinnati. Vikings taking, believe, or getting rather three, three and a half points. I'll take that for my second pick. And then my best bet of the week is going to be the Broncos. The Patriots are just not a very good football team. Denver absolutely needs to win. I don't like to take my Broncos, uh, but by process of elimination, I will make Denver the best bet of my and three college. All right, Ken, thank you for the picks. Utah, Arizona, Cincinnati, the Vikings, and the Denver Broncos. Ken will be back with us next week after he makes his way to California. He'll be locked and loaded late next week, and we'll hear from Ken again. All right, my picks as we rapid fire through these one, two college, two pro, and the best bet. We start things off with the Hawaii Bulls. Sadly, not on New Year's Eve. I will take Coastal Carolina. They're getting 10, even with all the opt-outs and the changes. San Jose State. Good team. They've won me some money this year. I just think too many with Coastal. Pick number two, Duke. Yeah, opt-outs. This is a tough team. This is a physical team. Against Troy and I'm getting a touchdown, I'll take it. Give me the Dukies plus the seven. To the NFL we go, and Monday we go, Monday at noon, Kansas City hosting the Raiders. I'm jumping aboard here. The Raiders, divisional game, double digits. It just it feels like it's too much. Give me the Raiders with pick number three. Pick number four and going back to the well again. Chicago let one slip away. How are they only favored by four the way they played over the last month plus against Arizona at home? I don't get it. I might be missing something here. I'll lay it with the Bears. And my best bet of the week, Ken and I are in agreement. It's the Vikings plus the three and a half against the Lions. That'll do it for this week. Back with you on Tuesday. Murph and Andy coming up next on KXNO.